Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to A Mind to Work, a message from Brother Derek Knight. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. chapter 1 verse 3 this will be the new King James version so if it's a little different from what you're reading in your Bible there that's why Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3 what happened in this particular part of the scripture is that Israel Jerusalem and the surrounding area has been invaded and they have seen some war have an effect on their country and so this is where we're picking up at. Nehemiah 1 verse 3. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Nehemiah 2 verses 17 and 18. Then I said unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come. And let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they, and this is talking about the Jews and the nobles and every, everyone that was there, they said, let us, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. I got one more verse before you're seated, Nehemiah 4 verse 6 Nehemiah 4 verse 6 so built we the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work tonight I want to speak to you from this thought a mind to work pastor will you just say a prayer for the remaining part of this service seated it was September 3rd of this year pastor Luke and I were discussing some things related to the service that day pastor had asked if anyone had gotten uh, pictures of Tyler's baptism and I told him I had gotten some photos and not only of his baptism but also a picture of everyone praying with Keith uh, when he received the Holy Ghost how many are thankful for Tyler's baptism and, and filling Keith with the Holy Ghost we were discussing and making a post about the great things God is doing here at Greater Faith. How many of you are excited about what God is doing and what he's continuing to do? Amen? As we continued that conversation, I was thinking about how Luke was growing in his role in the AVL department. I went back and started thinking about how even before the pastor and his family were elected, Luke was growing his talent. Remember, Pastor, at one point talked about your time, your treasure, and your talent. Well, even before Pastor got here, Luke was using his talent, and God was beginning back then to grow it and to bless it. God saw a willingness to get involved, and he said, I'm going to grow a ministry there. Luke saw a need and an opportunity, and he made himself available for God to use. God said, I'm going to honor that, and I'm going to bless it. 
And I was studying for this lesson. I was listening to a sermon by Dr. Hughes, and he was talking about how God will take what you have and he will double it. Just like in the Bible when Jesus was giving the illustration of the servants that took the talents that their master had given them. And they doubled what the master gave them. Jesus will take what you have and he will double it. He will increase it. He took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000. If you'll just give the master what you have, he will honor it. He will multiply it. If you'll just give what you have to God, he will give you more. So I was thinking about that. And Luke, I thought back to that transition period where we didn't really have uh, any real department guidance and we didn't have any real definition. And I watched just as you made yourself available and you started applying your talent. And I watched as you gave God what you had and he gave an increase. He increased your knowledge and he increased your ability. So I was thinking about that and I thought, not only did I see his growth, I was proud and I was excited about how well Luke was handling all of our posts. I think I may have made like one or two posts on our Facebook and our Instagram. Luke has handled mainly all of our posts. And not only that, but he just continually gets better at it. Every time, every time he posts something, I'm like, man, Luke, you, look, you did something really good there. That looks awesome. I love it. That's fire. I'll send that little fire emoji. My kids might say something like, be so for real. That post has lots of riz. No cap. I don't even feel young saying that. I feel older saying that, trying to relate. But because I saw the growth, because I knew how well Luke was doing, I said, Luke, I'm going to let you have those pictures from today, and I'm going to let you make the post. You see, it didn't matter to me who posted it, and I didn't care about who did the job or who was in charge of it. I was already beginning to see something that was much more important. He and I are on the same team. We're serving the same God. We're working for a common cause. I don't have to make sure that what he's doing is right. I don't have to make sure that he's doing what needs to be done. We work together. We support one another. We rely on one another. And we communicate about the objective. But the big picture is that it's all for God's glory. It's all for the work that God has for this church. And it's all for his honor. It's not about us. It's about him. I thought back to when this church worked on the rental house and how we all worked in different areas to accomplish something. I was thinking about the joy, the excitement, the anticipation, the willingness to be involved and work towards a common goal. I thought about what I saw from other people in our church. I thought about what I could feel and the desire for myself. We saw it also at the block party in July. Everyone was involved in their own responsibilities, their own areas, but together, together we worked for the same goal. There was joy, excitement, brotherly love, anticipation about the effect that it was going to have. There is no denying it. We have a mind to work. That's the goal. That's what we're striving for. To have a spirit of unity and love. We want to have a mind for a common goal. And that goal is seeing our families saved, our city saved, reaching our tri-state area and our world in this last hour. 
In Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah starts making preparations to go to Judah and Jerusalem. This is the city of his father. This is where his family root system was. This is where his father died and was buried. The whole area of Jerusalem and Judah is just broken down. When Hananiah came to talk to Nehemiah, he told Nehemiah that the people who made it out of the captivity, the ones who escaped and made it back, were in great distress and reproach. Another word for distress is anxiety. And to be in reproach means to have an expression of blame or disapproval. The ones that managed to make it back were living in a state of anxiety. They did not approve of their situation. And they were ready, willing, and probably already blaming someone somewhere for their current situation. We got to be careful about being in a place of reproach. We got to be careful about allowing ourselves to speak blame and disapproval. You know what happens when we do that? When we start speaking disapproval, we start undermining the work that God's doing. We start causing doubt in other saints. We start allowing the spirit a division. Reproach will remove the mind to work and replace it with a mind to destroy and to tear down. So Nehemiah has letters from the king with him, and he's making his way down to Jerusalem. And there were some leaders along the way who got, got wind of it, and that was Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite. They weren't happy. They weren't excited, and as a matter of fact, they didn't like it. The Bible tells us how they felt about it in Nehemiah 2.10. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. There are four points that I want you to understand in this message tonight. Four things that the enemy does. And here's the first one. First, the enemy will just be disturbed. Pastor has already told us that there's been a change here at Greater Faith. He told us that we're entering a new season, that there's a season of transition, that it's, there's a transition that's beginning to take place. And I was listening to his sermon, Success in the Follow-Through, last night. And he said, there's already been pushback in the spirit world. He told us that revival wouldn't come without a fight. I'm telling you that there are spirits that have taken notice and don't think for a second that they're going to let it go, that they're going to hand over the territory that they've had hold of for so long. They're disturbed that God has placed our pastor here and his family and that he's seeking the well-being of this church our families, and this tri-state area. Once Nehemiah got there, before he did anything, he said, I need to take a survey of the city. He said, I need to see just how bad this really is. So he goes by night. He only took a few men with him. But the Bible says he did not tell anyone what God had put in his heart to do at Jerusalem. When Pastor got here, God started giving him direction for this church. Just like Nehemiah, pastor had to do some surveying. He had to check out the different areas spiritually that needed immediate attention. God began to show him the spiritual gates that had been burned down. God started to show him some areas where the enemy had taken advantage of some weaknesses in the wall spiritually. Let me explain what I mean to you. One of the very first things that pastor ever did was to take the Sunday school room over here and make it a chapel. On every Sunday, 
Where a Sunday school, room, Sunday school room used to be, he implemented a chapel for prayer. Because we can't just come into God's house and expect him to move because we're here. He's here no matter what. He's God. He's everywhere. We have to make the time and prepare ourselves. In the Old Testament, the priests couldn't just bypass the different areas that were set up. They had to pass through each one of them before they could enter into the holiest of holies. We can't expect just to walk in here and God move because we're here. Each one of us has to make sure that we're ready for God to move in us, on us, and through us. So that's the first thing he did. The second thing he did was implement all church prayer the first Thursday of every month. You see a pattern starting to emerge here? Prayer had to be established as a foundation, a priority for God to give us favor in this city, for strongholds to come down, for chains to be broken, for those of us within these walls to catch a vision and get in line where God wants us to be and where he wants to take us. You look again at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. So they, and this is the Jews, the nobles, all the officials and the, the individuals who are doing the work, they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. So that's what they did. They just started building the wall, rehanging doors, and, and repairing all the different gates. Pastor, there's 10 gates to that city. I, I count them. I'm sure there's some kind of significance there, but I ain't got time to go into that. Chapter 3 is just completely talking about rebuilding. It's not it, just naming off people that were involved in the rebuild who they were, what area they were working in. That's all that happens in chapter 3. Spoiler alert. Just them working. That's all it is. Everyone is doing something different in different areas, but they're working together. But something begins to happen in chapter 4. See, in chapter 2, those two leaders, Sambalat and Tobiah, were just deeply disturbed that someone had come to check on the people. In chapter 3, they've been watching as everyone works together. And it changed from disturbance to using their words to discourage the people. That's a whole other message right there, the power of the tongue. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. They started to use their words to try to cause the work to stop. Sambalat was furious and very indignant. That word there means that he was very wrathful or very passionate or irate. So he mocked the Jews and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Now Tobiah said, if a fox goes up on it, he will break their, wall, their stone wall down. See, something changes in our enemy when he sees us working together. Here's the second thing that the enemy does. He goes from being disturbed to speaking negatively into our lives. The enemy will say anything he can to disrupt the progress. But it didn't stop Nehemiah. And it didn't stop the people. Nehemiah just prays to God about it, places it in his hands, and they keep working. There's a, that's a message right there telling you, just keep working, just keep working. As a result, verse 6 that we read earlier says, The entire wall was joined together, up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now when the mocking doesn't work, he'll go to this third thing. Here's the next thing that the enemy does. He either threatens you with an attack or he actually tries to bring an attack against you. 
Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 tell us that at first it was just those two leaders. But then words don't work. So then the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites get involved. The walls of Jerusalem were being restored, and the gaps were being to be closed. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Did you catch that last part there? Not only did they want to attack, they wanted to create confusion. It's not enough for the enemy to want to attack us. He wants there to be confusion. If he can create confusion, then there's a breakdown in progress. In Nehemiah, it was a mind to work. In the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that they were in one mind and one accord. Both caused a reaction from the enemy. In Nehemiah, they were trying to prevent a wall from being rebuilt. In the New Testament, they were trying to prevent the gospel from being spread. Just look at Paul as he recounts all the things that he, was, that he went through as he was spreading the gospel. You can just watch as he went through hardship after hardship. It doesn't change. The, the, the game plan doesn't change. It might be a different era. It might be a different year. It might be a different church. But the, th the game plan is still the same thing for the enemy. At first, the people got worried. They said, hey, bub, we're, uh, we got problems here. They said, we're threaten they're threatening to attack, and we've got, we're just setting ducks here. We, we got no hope. So Nehemiah put some things in place to give the people some reassurance. He places men with swords and spears and bows where their openings are and at the lower parts of the wall. The Bible tells us that the enemy heard that the people found out about the plan, and God saw that nothing happened. The enemy heard that the people returned to their work. You can, re you can read through the next few verses and you will see how Nehemiah puts things in place for the work to continue and yet provide protection for those who are working. One thing that kind of stands out to me was that Nehemiah tells the people they're spread out from one another. You got people working in this area, then you might have people way down in that area of the wall working. You got people way over here building, working back on the gates. They're just kind of spread out. And at those times when they're spread out from one another, it's easier for the enemy to attack. Something else that Pastor said in that sermon is that the enemy is looking for someone he can use to disrupt what is happening here at Greater Faith. Nehemiah tells the people when they hear the sound of the trumpet to come wherever they hear it and God would fight for them. You see, when we are in this house, we're not, when we're not in this house, we're spread out from one another. It's easier for the enemy to attack us. He'll start whispering things into our lives, Brother TJ. He'll just try and do anything he can tear us apart so doubt and discord among us. He'll do anything he can to stop the work when he, th when he thinks that he has the upper hand. That's why it's so important that when we come into this place that we encourage one another, that we love one another, that we pray for one another, and bear one another's burdens. See, there is strength in numbers. Bro, TJ, come here for just a minute. Jim, come up here for a second. Ben, come here. Stand right here and link arms for me. See, one of these guys by themselves, I might get lucky, might be able to take one of them. Maybe not. Whenever you've got three of them together, and you start getting more of us together, and we start linking up, it's a little bit harder for the enemy to attack whenever we're all together in unity. Whenever we're working together for a common cause, we're bound together, it's harder for the enemy to attack. So he's trying to sow doubt and discord when we're apart from one another, trying to break us up. 
He's trying to do anything he can to sow doubt and discord. One can chase a thousand, and two can put ten thousand to flight. That's Bible. So the first thing the enemy does is he gets disturbed. Then he tries to speak into our lives. And when that doesn't work, he tries to bring an attack. Here's the last thing that the enemy does. When all that doesn't work, he attacks the leadership. Brother Hammond, you can go ahead and come forward. I'm, I don't have much more left. I told you I'd be about 30 minutes. I promised you I, I, I did my study. I didn't want to keep you much later in day, so we're good. Look at what happens in Nehemiah chapter 6. Chapter 6, starting with verse 2. When they heard that Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, Sambalat and Geshem sent a, sent a messenger. They said, come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they sought to do me harm. But they sent me this message four times. Then Sambalat sent his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all. Tobiah and Sambalat had heard him, had hired him, that I should be afraid and sin. And catch this, that they might reproach me. Remember what reproach is? Remember what that does? Reproach is to have an expression of blame or disapproval. When the enemy can't succeed in any other attack, his final move is to try and attack the leadership. He wants to place disapproval and blame on the lives of our leadership. He'll try to confuse the work. He'll try to attack those who are working. And then he tries to attack our leadership. Greater faith, it's so important now more than ever that we stand united in our work together for God. God is moving and he's working in, indiv in individual lives. He's working in our families and he's working in this area. Just like the Israelites did with Moses during battle, we need to lift up the hands of our leadership. Until there is victory, keep their hands lifted. We can't stop there though. When we go through that and we go to the other side, keep the hands lifted. When God brings the rain of revival and breakthrough, keep them lifted. We need to pray for our pastor and his family every day. For favor in this city, for protection, for wisdom, and for anointing. It's so important to keep our pastor and his family in our prayers because that is the, if he can just tear down the leadership, if he can sow doubt in our mind about the leadership, if he can just put a weakness, if he can just start putting a wedge between us and the leadership, he can find a way in. This is the final thing. I'm, I'm finishing up. Nehemiah 6 and 16 tells us that when all the enemies heard that the wall was finished and everyone around them saw what happened, they perceived that this work was done by our God. Greater faith as things happen in this place, as projects are started and completed, as healings happen, as blessings are poured out, as people are baptized in his name and filled with his spirit, as lives are changed, we don't have to proclaim anything. Everyone around will see it and know that God is doing the work. The only thing that we have to do is that we just have to have a mind to work. Will you all stand with me tonight?
As I was preparing my notes, I'm done. I, I, I promise that's the last thing I've got in my notes. But as I, was, as I was studying and I was just praying about tonight, I felt like God placed the, the song in my heart, bind us together. If you would just gather around the front, I'm not gonna lay hands on nobody or embarrass nobody, but if we could just stand up at the front, just with, as a spirit of unity and love, just as an as a act of, of showing that there is unity and love among the brethren, just to, we can gather together and say, hey, listen, we are in this together. We are working together. If, if Brother TJ's going through something, we're going through something. If Brother Jim's going through something, we're going through something. If pastor's needing some help with some prayer, if he's needing some help with some different things, then we're there to help. If there's ever a situation where doubts begin to creep in, if there's ever a situation where we're thinking, I don't know about that, it just doesn't feel like the right direction, it doesn't feel like so-and-so is right, it doesn't feel like they're, I feel like I should be doing this, or I feel like I should be doing that. We have to be there for one another. We have to work together. So as they sing this, this song, just bind with one another, just as a spirit of unity and love, and as we're dismissed tonight, just greet one another and thank one another and be in a spirit of unity. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.